0: All right, welcome to Business for Real, where we talk to real people about running a real business. It's their real life journey, how they got started, and real strategies on how they've gotten where they are today. I'm Ryan Fritz, and today I'm talking with Sarah King. Uh, she got her heart start back in high school in the DECA program, competing at the national level. She received a Bachelor's of Science in Fashion, Merchandising, Marketing, Management, and Entrepreneurship, started Blush Boutique, a women's apparel store, in 2006, sold it in 2015 to start a retail consulting business, and it has been going strong ever since. In fact, she's taken this new fought for freedom and traveled around the world. Uh let's start at the beginning though before this global fashion and travel odyssey. Did you ever think that you'd be doing what you're doing now, spending your days thinking about business, fashion and all your favorite things?
1: <laughs> um well, I I've always known that I wanted to, you know, do my own thing, uh run my own business. Um but I didn't exactly know that, you know, that it would take shape in the form of um how my life is today. Um, I've always, I've always been into the fashion industry. Um, I've always been into like, a, you know, interested within helping people and um, really nurturing r- nurturing those relationships. And at the same time, I've always had a huge wanderlust and desire to travel and see different things, um, meet different people, and really to connect with people in, you know, in a different way than how you can in like a day to day, you know, uh, normal day to day life.
0: Yeah, awesome. Uh, In in this kind of back up to from the beginning where so you know you, you were into this stuff in high school obviously you took it through to college and started learning about the ins and outs of fashion apparel and business when this started to really especially with blush when the, the idea started to really start to become a real thing what was the initial feedback from friends and family were was there concern or was there uh, excitement um with
1: you mean in regards to me like opening a a women's apparel business at 22. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, people thought I was crazy and that I was just like a glorified shopaholic, which, you know, (laughs) full disclosure, I do like to shop. Um, And so, but I also, you know, I was very, I've always just been very, very driven that if there is something that I really, if I really want to make it happen, that, it's like I get tunnel vision and I can't shut up about it. I can't think about anything else until I like bring it to fruition. And I've just, I've always been like that. And, um, blush was no different. Um, but I did have, you know, definitely, um, you know, it almost, I had a lot of people that were either not willing to talk with me because they didn't take me seriously, which, you know, In hindsight now, like I'm in my 30s, I get it. I mean, I was like in college (laughs) and I'm this like young little petite gal and, you know, um, dressed in some cute clothes. And so, yeah, I probably wouldn't take her seriously either. Um, But, you know, then once people realized that I was like actually serious about it, I always had support from my family, which I'm very, very fortunate um, to have that. Um, so they always stood behind me, um, as, you know, as soon as they knew that I was truly serious about doing this. Um, and, you know, once, once I got the doors open and, you know, things really started to change within, within the the community that I had opened up my store, um, and, I mean, fortunately for me, I mean, people started to see that I was, you know, was serious. The store was successful. Um, I worked my butt off. Um, but I did everything, um, from, you know, changing the toilet paper in the bathroom to laying the floor and helping, um, my brother sand the walls when we drywalled the interior of the store, um, you know, to picking out all of the merchandise, doing my own bookkeeping and, and everything and selling to the, selling to the customer and building the relationships. Um, and fortunately, you know, my hard work paid off and I was able to grow it and, um, and build it to what it is today.
0: So how long did it take before people really started taking you seriously? Um,
1: I'd say probably um, probably at least a year or two years. Um, it probably took a couple of years or so. And then really the community started to started to respond well, not just obviously as um, people you know coming in to shop, but the business community. Um, there was, I mean, really after I opened Flush, the the entire retail retail business outlook within the Kirkwood community, which is the suburb of St. Louis that the store is in, really started started to shift, and it moved away from being known as really just a place for people to come and eat and maybe putz around a bit and pop into a couple of like, you know, gift shops that people probably wondered how they stayed open, um, to it really being now like a thriving retail apparel driven place to shop in St. Louis. Um, and there is a lot more retail down there now. And the entire retail and restaurant downtown community there is, is very, very strong. Um, uh, and I've been, you know, I'm very humbled by the fact that a lot of people have, um, have attributed that to, you know, to my opening blush, you know, back in 2006.
0: With, with uh, talking about that community there and kind of starting to build it into something that it is today, how important do you think that was kind of that community building aspect that reaching out to other uh, shop owners and businesses and really building, building that within the customer base as well? Um,
1: you know, I think that there's strength in numbers, so, um, you know, from day one, before I opened, I knew that there were going to, was going to be competition that entered in, into, you know, my direct area. And I honestly welcomed it because by making sure that I focused on what I was, what I was doing and who my customer was by giving them more options to make the local area, a destination was only going to help in turn, you know, build my business and the community in which I chose to give back to.
0: So walk me through the, when you started out, you said you're, you're sanding floors, painting walls. Uh, There was, there's a lot that goes into starting a business, um, not to mention all of the paperwork. What's, what's the brief, five-step program to starting uh, a business like you did?
1: Um, I think first.
0: (laughs) first
1: (laughs) But I think, like, there's kind of a blueprint, um, you know, essentially for that's can kind of be taken across different channels of different types of um, small businesses. And really, truly, first is you have to really be insightful with yourself and know what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, um, and really what you're passionate about. And if you have something that you are truly passionate about that um, you can honestly identify as being something that you are good at, um, that's really the first step. And then, you know, from there, it's doing a lot of homework for depending on what type of business. If it's a business that location is relevant, then obviously you need to look within that marketplace and identify um, if what type of business you're looking to do, if there's even a market niche for it, um, if there's opportunity there. Um, And then if so, then it really is honing in on your true vision and what that looks like from day one and, you know, for the entire life of the business. Um, And if that, if your goal, if, if that's able to supplement what you want personally, Um, and then from there, it's obviously getting capital, you know, where's that going to come from? I wasn't rich. I was obviously 22 and broken in college. I had some money saved. Um, but I mean, I had to go, you know, a standard bank route and get a commercial loan, um, which now is sometimes often, you know, a bit harder and, um, you know, secure that and secure a location and, um, and then really get to work with doing the buying, and laying in all of the you know operations to make you know things work when we open the doors day one.
0: So yeah, getting money I think is probably a big thing.
1: <laughs> um,
0: a big thing. You said uh, obviously you went the the bank route. What do you, how do you prove to the bank that you like said straight out of college what twenty one twenty two. Um, how did they begin to take you seriously or how, how do you prove to them that you're ready? For well, this? I
1: think that, you know, in banking is a lot like a lot of, a lot of different, um, a lot of different types of scenarios where it's relationship driven. Um, you know, at the end of the day, obviously it comes down to, you know, whether you got your act together and the collateral is there or not. Obviously I didn't have crap because I was again coming out of college. Um, but I was fortunate that um, I had family that had a very good relationship with the bank and, um, and they were supportive and helped with um, backing me up from the collateral standpoint. But it was still, you know, myself that was on the line to be responsible for the loan, um and in repaying that debt.
0: Yeah. Well, and then so you've got to do your money to get the store and then you're standing there and you've got the floors sanded and the walls painted and then you have to fill them with something, right? How how did you find out or figure out how to buy buy clothes from, you know, from the wholesalers? Uh, it's uh, you go to trade shows, right, in Vegas and these types of things, which I'm sure is fun and exciting itself but uh what do you
1: you show up and how do you you do that
0: (laughs) how do you you, and how do you you know talk about like the first time you were there like you saw all of these probably really great uh, designers of how do you pick what what really needs to be in there you know from filling the store with the initial product
1: so very good question um you know, I mean, I had a plan, like you just, you have to have a plan in place, um, which obviously that goes really attributes to what I do, um, strictly for work now with my consulting business, um, is I help, help clients with doing that. But I mean, truly like I had, um, you know, I knew from a merchandise standpoint, like what my allocation was going to be in the store. So meaning like, you know, that I was going to be diversified within, dresses and tops and bottoms and broke things broken down within those. And as well as accessories and the different types of things that I wanted to carry, I already knew brands, um, that I wanted to sell and then had, um, you know, an allocated dollars accordingly to spend, which is essentially called an open to buy. Um, and, and then knew, you know, based off of what my, what I had you know anticipated doing in revenue in the first several months to a year in business um what kind of inventory purchases i would need to be able to reach those sales goals and so then i just i filled the dollars accordingly
0: so you've talked about now putting the plan in place and kind of going off of this kind of true vision that you have um what what kind of strategies did you? Use? I mean, besides kind of putting paper to pen and filling out your business plan, but where does this vision come from, or how do you take the kind of concept that you have of this great idea and really making it something more concrete?
1: Um, I mean, I spend. A, I think it just takes spending a really good amount of time of looking at like all different aspects. I mean, I had I'd worked retail before, so I kind of had an. I had worked corporate um, retail, just on you know on the sales floor side, um, as well as the visual merchandising side. Um, so I kind of had that, and then I worked um, in college in an independent boutique, and I just asked an annoyingly a number, of, high number of questions all the time. <laughs> and I think that fortunately the owner was very receptive and knew that I wasn't going to open up a shop down the street because I was not interested <laughs> in doing that, but she was very like, I mean, she was very open and I was always looking to try to take on additional responsibility because I just really wanted to learn. And, um, and so, you know, I mean, that truly is what really helped to catapult me to decide to do it right out of college. I knew I wanted to do it at some point, um, in my twenties before I turned 30 to open a store. But, um, after several months in of working at the shop that I worked at in college, I, you know, I felt confident that I could do it right out of school if I could find the capital to do it.
0: Right. So, so it's kind of this mentorship that you had, you created your own internship essentially of learning the process and, um, figuring out like I said, is this something I want to do? Is this something I want to move forward with? Um, it's not a question there, I guess, <laughs> but that's that's great. I hear that advice uh, a lot is, uh, you know, get a job doing what you think you might want to do a business, you know, run a business totally. for. Um, otherwise, you don't really – you see kind of the surface of it, but you don't see the the back end or the ins and outs of all of the business side yeah. of it.
1: And, I mean – Let's be honest, I still learned a lot after I opened my own business (laughs) that, you know, I wasn't like, you know, privy to understanding or grasping by working as an employee. Um, So that has been the biggest teacher is actually being in the trenches and doing it.
0: (laughs) Right. Kind of the learn, learn by doing. Yeah. (laughs) So you have this store and you've, you know, successfully executed your, your vision and your goals. Um, And then the vision and goals kind of changed a little bit, Mm -hmm. right. Or evolved into something else.
1: Um, So I, you know, I, I knew that I wasn't going to, I I wasn't going to own the store forever. Like I, I had already known from, you know, concept period, you know, before I really hit the pavement running and opened the store that I was not going to do it forever and, um, that it was going to be like one chapter of my life. And, um, there were different, you know, different opportunities that came around to grow the business and that I, you know, had looked to do, but none of them really quite, like quite fit right or weren't able to fully come to fruition. And I got very, very frustrated um, because I get really bored if I'm not challenged. And when I'm not challenged and bored, then I'm totally disengaged and I'm ready to like move on to the next thing, (laughs) the next tunnel vision. (laughs) So um, while I was, um, I had actually put up my business for sale and was ready to, you know, look to challenge myself elsewhere and decided to look to help help women as well, but in a completely different facet from what I had been doing with blush and really wanted to be able to help other business owners that were in the retail industry, um, to help them to fulfill their dreams and help them bring their vision to life for their business and what that meant for them and their families. And, um, you know, with the experience that I had and the tools with the merchandise planning that I was, that I'm able to use. Um, I really just, you know, went ahead and, and hit the pavement running and started that in 2014. And I still had the store. Um, but I had really just kind of come to a point where, um, you know, I still had the store for sale. I had had interest, but nothing had like felt right or they just, you know, got gun shy. And, um, but I felt that I still needed to move in the direction of where I wanted to move personally. And I just, I feel really fortunate, but I had a buyer that came through after I had already launched my consulting business and it was already building clients. And, um, I mean, it was right. She's great. And, um, And it has been a very seamless transition, which is very difficult in a really intimate type of business, like what my store was. Um, And I actually consult for her now and have, you know, since I sold the store and I've been able to disconnect from it. And this, you know, the relationship is not the same for me as what it was when I owned the store. It's no longer mine, Um, but I'm able to still see it grow to, you know, to the level of what I had always hoped for it. Um, but am very proud to see that happen even without it being still mine. Um, so I feel really, really fortunate in that. And, um, you know, with the consulting business, I'm able to really um, be challenged, but I'm continually challenged because I have, you know, quite a few clients and they all face different things every day and so um you know i'm i'm constantly trying to help them work through that and able to provide them insight you know objectively so that they can really do what needs to be done to achieve their goals
0: yeah
1: <laughs> that was really long i'm sorry that was really long
0: <laughs> i mean i think it's all about the yeah, keeping so keeping engaged with different challenging projects, um, you talked about your frustrations with um, just various aspects probably of running a business. And how did you decide though – was there times before – where you were frustrated and then you were able to get reengaged with this, with blush with the same business and, and get back into it. And when did you decide, or what was the turning point to say, this frustration is, needs to move on to a different direction? Um,
1: I mean, I'd gone through periods of being, you know, like I said, with having a couple of different opportunities, either to like, to look to franchise the store, open additional locations or, you know, um, grow in in different ways and, and none of them really felt right. And so I would get frustrated and then try to get myself excited again. Um, and you know, like I said, I had put the store up for sale and then, um, I, I actually, I got pregnant (laughs) game changer and, (laughs) um, and, You know, as I went through my my pregnancy and everything and, and I really just, you know, was like, you know what, really trying to do a total career change and have a child, which is like something that is so foreign to me because I did not have any children. I really decided that, you know, with the structure that I had built in for myself within the store at the time that really it was not the right time to sell. And so, um, I decided that I, I was actually very fortunate in in being able to, you know, have, have a child and, um, still be involved obviously in, in the store, but not, um, at the same level as what I was prior to. And then after my daughter was born and I mean, I raised her in the store, you know, she was there like for the first four to six months, like every day with me and, um, But then I found myself kind of back in the same slump of being just kind of like, you know, truly, this is just not my path anymore. And um, I was I was very frustrated because I loved to travel. And although I was able to travel to go on buying trips to great places, you know, so I got to go to I went to L.A. four or five times a year, occasionally Dallas, um, Vegas, which is exciting for some people not so much for me. <laughs> I'm not a fan other than the heat which is great. Um but um you know, I I just I hadn't been able to go on like a a real vacation or to like go out of the country and just be totally moved by like a new culture and I just was no longer willing to give that up. And so I really was just decided that I I wanted to change shift my life to focus on that, and that I could, I could build a career that would allow that to happen, and so that's where the consulting How, came in.
0: Yeah, and so that timeline—I was going to ask that the the consulting kind of sprung off of the same timeline as the new the new baby, mm-hmm.
1: right? Yep, yeah, baby, big, big change. That was <laughs>
0: <baby> big change. <laughs>
1: consulting.
0: So the consulting started as a side project, essentially, mm-hmm. would you say, uh, if you were to do it again, is it better to start as a side project and get a little traction or, or did you feel kind of, it's hard to really dedicate enough time to this side project to really make it what it needed to be? Well,
1: I knew I wanted to grow it to just fo- totally focus on that. Like that was the end, the end goal. Um, And that I was going to let whatever needed to happen with blush, my retail store do, you know, with do let that follow whatever it needed to follow. But I was not going to continue to fully invest a lot of, of my, um, my time and my energy into it any longer. And so, um, you know, with building a consulting business, like, like mine, you know, it's not, you can't just be like, all right, today I'm going to, I'm going to launch source retail consulting and I'm going to bang out starting with like 10 people, 10, 10 clients, 10 retailers. It takes time to grow it. It's a very, um, it's, it's a very delicate process in gaining clients. Um, because I've been on the, I've been on the flip side where I've had to screen calls, because people would call me all the freaking time at the store and you can't get anything done if you actually answer the phone. Um, and so, you know, I've been there. I don't want to, I don't like harassing people or bothering people. So I had to really network and nurture relationships that I'd already built to try to get my foot in the door to help other people. Um, and so that just takes time and, um, you know, I've been really fortunate that it has grown to the level that it is in the period of time that it has, because some, for some people it takes them, it takes them years, um, to grow, to be able to, for it to be a sustaining business that you can, you make actually make enough money to make a living at.
0: And what would you say is the single biggest reason why you think it, it's grown so quickly and so, so successfully?
1: Um, I would say that because I, I just I really care about my clients, and I really, I really try to take the time to nurture, nurture them, and help them with what they need. And listening, like truly listening to what, what they are saying, what they're not saying, and how I can help them. And then the rest just happens. I mean, obviously, I have to. kind of put my foot in the door, but, um, Mm -hmm. I really, truly believe that if I, if I give of myself that the things that, you know, that I hope to receive will come and, and honestly that has worked for me. So I'm very grateful.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think, uh, so starting, starting any type of business, I think, um, what maybe people wouldn't realize is that it's a lot more. Sales. Then you know people think, well, I'm going to start a business as a painter or this or that. I'll just paint all day. But really, there's a lot of you know, obviously acquiring the mm-hmm. business. Would you consider yourself a salesperson, or do you not like that word? Um,
1: I don't like that word, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised.
1: But I mean, I am good at sales. So, yes, I mean, that's definitely been something that has helped me um, with, you know, when I had my retail store and now. Um, But a lot of it really is just is, you know, I don't look at it as selling people. I look at it as really listening to what their concerns are and what they need and me finding a way to help them fulfill that by what I can provide, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I'm selling if they don't need it.
0: Right. And and it's more, I mean, there's a lot of different types of sales too, right? Like if I, I think s- salesperson or, you know, that being in sales kind of evokes these images of, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, well, we know what it, images it evokes, right. I guess, but there's kind of, you know, there's the relationship building, like you said, there's kind of the, the softer side of it. It's, uh, you know, you don't need a uh, yes today. It's fine to just help nurture the people, get through it right over the course of, I mean, how, what is the kind of client acquisition span for something like uh retail consulting? Is it a week, six months, a year?
1: Um, I mean, honestly, it, it is different for every client. I've had, um, I've had clients that, you know, I was introduced to, you know, very casually um, from, um, you know, an industry, an industry like friend and, um, you know, and touched, touched on them for, I don't know, you know, over the course of like six months to a year. And then all of a sudden they're knocking on my door and are like ready to get started. (laughs) Um, And then I've had, you know, uh, situations where um, a client, you know, a a current client had um, someone reach out to them about like a random question about like their merchant processor or something. And, and I'm like, oh, we'll just put them in contact with me. I'm, I'm happy to help put them in contact with whoever they need and then have a conversation with them. And they're like, oh, so you're a retail consultant. Well, what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know i mean we started working together that day so um it really is it's different for every client
0: <laughs> so with with consulting especially and i think probably with any business there's there is that relationship there's that kind of personal touch that needs to be added to the business to really make it thrive, but there's also, we've got this great world of technology and all of these things we can do to streamline and, you know, automate stuff. Um, do do you use a lot of technology to kind of cut the uh, time out of things that don't need as much, you know, high-touchness to them, and, and where do we draw the line between just being robots and, you know, actually you know, dealing and helping with the customers? Yeah.
1: So that's a great question. Um, you know, obviously a lot of, cause I work primarily remotely. So, um, you know, it's very technology driven. Um, the, the core of the service that I provide with, with my businesses is all numbers and analytics, um, which, Probably would make most people go to sleep. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> I already started. Oh you know, <laughs> yeah,
1: he's nodding off. Um, and so, obviously, that's all like that's all technology and you know syncing up with like software on the back end. Um, but at the end of the day, like if I can't, if I don't know how to relate to my client, like what it is that I see and how they need to implement it in their store, then what I'm doing is not effective. And I'm not able to deliver what I've promised them. So at the end of the day, it's still about, you know, talking with them, you know, doing if I'm not physically in their location, then, um, you know, if it's not if we're not talking on the phone that I'm trying to do, um, you know, like a face-to-face chat, uh, you know, on the computer, which fortunately we have that, which is, you know, is a, is a much, is the next best way to communicate if you can't meet face-to-face. Um, and I make sure that I, I go to see my clients in their store, um, and spend time with them outside their store, just really getting to know them more. Um, you know, at least once, um, every, you know, year to year and a half. And they're all over the country. So like, (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) And is it kind of more earlier on or just kind of depends or? Uh, It
1: kind of just depends. Yeah. I mean, like from, you know, traveling, travel wise of like what I can make work, but it is, you know, kind of difficult and, and, um, you know, there's some people that, that do what I do that that charge the client like to come and travel to their store. But I really, I don't do that because I I really feel that that's not being a team player for them. Um, I feel that it's something I need to do um, because there's things that I may see when I walk in the store that is not what's being communicated to me when I'm talking to them on the phone. Um, And you know i just i just think it's the right thing to do but um yeah so i try to see them in person as you know as often as i can and um sometimes it may be like a year before i actually get to see them and and sometimes it's within the first you know several months um but like i said i mean i have clients in san diego and phoenix uh i have online stores that are only online that they may have a warehouse Um, that their goods, you know, are, that their, their product is based out of that they, but they literally work out of their home (laughs) and, um, and, you know, and then others are, are retail businesses and, you know, they span from the West coast all the way over to the East coast. So logistically it's, you know, it's expensive, you know, to try to, for me to be able to, to do that, um, super consistently.
0: Yeah, and so you talked a little bit about about charging clients. How do you you don't charge them for certain things? You charge them for others um, based on you know how you feel about it. But what's kind of a guide? What's your guiding principle as far as well that feels like I could I could or should charge them for that, or that feels like I could charge them for it, but I shouldn't charge them <laughs> for
1: it. Um, <laughs> well, like the traveling thing. And, yeah, and, and
0: how does that kind of how does that look when you're looking at the you know bank statement at the end of the month? Do you think, oh, I, sh- I actually should have charged them for that? Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, well, you know, you're you're running a business. You're trying to you know continue running the right. business. So if you look at you know, we'll say dollars left on the table or something. You know, I, how do you you know justify that to yourself? Obviously, it makes sense. It seems like the right thing to do, but it, you know, at the end of the day, you have to make money, right? Right. right.
1: Well, fortunately, I am. Thank God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's not an issue. But, um, but no, I mean, it is very important. I, th- I guess, you know, I look at it as obviously, like, you know, my time is is time is money. My time is worth, you know, X amount of dollars. But um, part of it too is not. You can't have a trusting relationship. If the, if the person who you're working with, like if the client feels that they're being nickel and dime to death, you know, like I would never, ever want my clients to question whether they could reach out to me to ask, ask for help or ask my opinion on something if is because they, but they were questioning like, you know, the cost of what mm-hmm. it was to them. I mean, that is not, that is not a win-win situation, you know, um, so, you know, the way I bill is, uh, it's pretty standard. I, I, I bill based off of, you know, I do retail consulting. So it's based off of the merchandise classification. Um, and so, you know, I have a minimum monthly billing, um, that I go by and, you know, and then it, it's up from there. And so it's a standard monthly, you know, fee that they have. So they know what it is every month, um. And it's within line with, you know, um, making sure that they're still profitable. And it doesn't change as they grow unless if we look to diversify their merchandise allocation. Um, But then that way, you know, I don't bill them extra for if they may need some additional marketing help in a month. I look at that as like I'm helping them with doing what I promised. And in turn, if they're happy, they're going to continue. They are going to share that with other people. And it will come back by referrals. So, so far, I mean, it has worked <laughs> for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you said, I think that that's that's the ticket right there. Is you're investing in building your mm-hmm. business, right? With this with this time, and and through proxy, you're consulting with them to build their business, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, what is you know what are your strategies you're doing right now to, to help build your business and grow your business? Uh, you're kind of in an expanding phase, I assume right now. Yeah.
1: Um, so it's been a little crazy the last couple of months. Cause obviously like, I mean, I travel all the time. I don't even have a home base anymore. And so, um, and it's personal travel, but then I also have some business travel built into that too. Um, and So between that and, um, you know, there's a lot more work that's involved when I bring on a new client. But, like, I've just brought on, I think it's like eight new clients in the last six months, which is a lot. (laughs) lot. I'm not complaining. I'm very, very, very grateful. Um, But it is. It's just a lot more work because as soon as I get in and start working with a store, you know, it's a total... I'm completely shifting the way that they look at their business, and um and it's i mean there's a there's things that have to be done like operationally within their inventory um and changing things with that, but then also changing the way that they spend their time um and then naturally you know you start to shake up one big area of what a business owner does, and they obviously are then starting to and starting to trust me as an advisor. And so then they start looking at all other aspects of what they're doing day to day in their business. And so, um, as that kind of happens over the first few to several months, you know, there's a lot more of my time that I'm investing. Um, but I'm in doing that, I'm helping to nurture them and, and help them grow so that, and build their confidence level so in doing that, you know, it's really less and less of my time as we, as we move forward.
0: So when talking about, um, you know, in building your business and expanding it, you said you got eight new clients in six months. Um, what's the end game here? Can you add eight clients every six months and is that sustainable? Or um,
1: For me, it's not. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like I could be, I could be good with where I'm at, like re- truly, um, I'd like to bring on a few more. The difference is, is be, you know, like, you know, all clients are, di- all clients are not created equal. So, you know, uh, as far as from a compensation standpoint for myself, um, I can spend the same amount of time with, you know, a three location store that I make more money on for myself as I do with like a small single store that, you know, I may, you know, put in my pocket like a third of that. So um, it's really being more diligent of, of, of how I choose to bring people on and who I choose to work with. But at the same time, I'm the type of person that I can't, um, on a personal level, you know, if a, if a store, if a store owner comes to me, especially by referral from an, from a current client and, you know, they're interested in me working with them or working with them to help them and everything. And even, you know, I can't look at them. I don't always look at it just from the bottom line. I'm getting to the point to where I think I'm going to have to, but I want to help them. So I'm kind of at a crossroad right now of, If I if I start turning away business, or if I look to bring on other people, um, other other people to work on build a team, essentially a consulting firm,
0: Uh
1: um, to to filter those uh, other referrals too. So that's kind of where I'm at.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the, you know, traditional business advice, right, is to fire your worst clients and to, um, you know, keep on those top, you know, 20% and, you know, because they make you 80% of the money and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, right? But, but like you said, you've kind of got this guidepost that you've um, been operating by and I think that's everybody who starts their own business, you know, it's – it is always kind of this challenge between this initial guidepost of what what made you want to start in the first place and then also this reality of money and running a Mm -hmm. business. Yeah, and so as part of your consulting services, you also consult for exit strategies, Mm -hmm. right? And obviously with Blush, you had a successful exit strategy. You sold the business. Mm -hmm. Um, What, you know, for independent business owners what does an exit strategy look like? I mean, is there, what does retirement look like? Is that even possible for an independent to really retire in this day and age?
1: Um, Yeah, that's a really good question. We've been talking a lot about that (laughs) at my household. (laughs) I think that, you know, retirement in the sense, I don't know, it's really, that's a really, really good conversation because we're really... I mean, our society overall is is really it's shifting. Like the retirement in in the historical sense is no longer what retirement current today and for us, our generation. I mean, we're the same age in our you know mid thirties, um, which sounds crazy to say that, um, but <laughs> um, you know, like
0: I think I'm younger than that. I oh, don't know.
1: stop <laughs> And, um, you know, for us, like, it's going to look very different. You know, I don't really honestly ever see myself. I don't look at myself as looking forward to like retiring in the sense of what it is today. I just don't. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that sounds totally freaking boring. (laughs) So (laughs) I, you know, with what we are with the way I've chose to shift my life is that I'm not You know, I'm living the way I want to live now, I guess, if that makes sense. Uh So, and I've been fortunately able to build a career to do that um, and not have to wait to do the things that I want to do when I'm in my 60s. So, um, but I think as a small business owner, that yes, you definitely can build a business. Um, and look to retire or exit in any way, shape or form that you truly, truly want to. I think the biggest thing is that you just, you have to really know and um, really know exactly what you want that to look like. And you have to make sure that you're taking the steps daily to get you to that goal. Um, and have a plan in place and have a backup plan in case, if you know, all hell breaks loose and plan <laughs> A does not work out. Um,
0: but plan A always works well, plan out. Plan right?
1: A can always work out, but you know, like stuff happens. Um, but yeah, I definitely think you know, an independent business owner um, can build a business and then be able to, you know, to retire. You just have to have a plan in place there's actually a really really good book i um i just finished reading about a month ago called mindful money and it is the best retirement um long term you know um investment planning book that i have read uh and it approaches it approaches you know looking at retirement and planning for your future and everything in a much different light than um than traditional you know forms of of how to approach investment and retirement.
0: Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, i will have to check that out. So as we begin to wind down our exit strategy here, <laughs> what, uh, what kind of advice do you have to people that are trying to decide whether taking the next step to starting a business is, is right for them um, from a, from a vision standpoint, maybe, and and also from a practical standpoint of how can they really start to know that this is gonna gonna be something they want to do?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I think if you really want to if you really want to really do something, I mean, you, you just you have to know it in your gut. Like if it's if it's right. Like if you really if you feel with all like with like in your bones that something is right and you really want it, then I feel that the sky is the limit, like that you can make it happen. Um, you know, I think I have done this and I truly believe in it. And I've, I've had a lot of my clients do the same is sitting down and spending a couple of hours really thinking about what you want your life to look like, whether that is, you know, six months from now or two years from now, um, what you want your day-to-day life to look like and how you're going to get there. And then you map out your goals and, um, and, you know, you figure out what you need to, what needs to happen today to get you there, you know, whatever that day looks like. Um, and I truly believe that it's, you know, it's very powerful and it's worked for, it's worked for me.
0: Right, uh, uh, but I guess the, the the one thing to keep in mind, right, is it doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't. Um, it does actually uh, take a little bit of work. Mm-hmm.
1: It does for sure, um, but so, you just have to be intentional. Um, that's uh-huh. you know that's the biggest thing, and you can't just have an idea and not have actionable items to get to it. Um, so you have you have to lay out you know plans bigger big plans and then break them down um into attainable goals um that you that you regularly review and then rechart course if if need be um but if you do i mean i truly believe that if you want something bad enough and you work at it you can make it happen
0: if i have to rechart is that okay <laughs> or does is that a failure you know or can i can i be still successful in recharting?
1: I think so. I definitely think so. Um, yeah, I mean.
0: And is some failure okay?
1: I think so. I think sometimes our failures are, are the biggest, you know, learning, learning hurdles that really help to catapult us to where we want to be.
0: Very cool. I like it. <laughs> I think that uh, this was great, and I appreciate you spending the time with us today. No, of
1: course. Thank you. I'm flattered.
0: You just heard the first episode of Business for Real conversation with real people pursuing the life they can live with if you've enjoyed today's show be sure to like us and review us on itunes google play friends and faces places for social snaps and apps anywhere that you like to share and anywhere you like to be and if you want to learn more about sarah king check her out at sourceretailconsulting.com, or you can follow her on instagram at uh at S king retail bliss that's at S king retail bliss and sourceretailconsulting.com Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.